And we're live. Um, Jim Fetcher, it's the 17th of January, 2017. And we have a major update to do today, three days before Inauguration Day. What's the latest analysis and story? Well, unbelievably, the social media and the internet are just uh, swirled with rumors that the CIA is going to attempt to assassinate the president-elect of the United States either before or during his inauguration. It's stunning stuff, Bill, but if you look at the very first slide, will CIA assassinate Trump? He's been really dumb for questioning Russia conclusions. That's an observation by Chuck Schirmer during an interview he did with Rachel Maddow saying that the intelligence agencies can come at you half a way, dozen ways from Sunday. If you go to the second, we get an explanation of what seems to be uh, motivating these concerns, which include that uh, while Trump knows the power of the people he's taunting, he may not be aware of where the line is drawn between play and political rhetoric and actually irritating and setting off those who control policy. It's one thing to play captain, but another to imagine that you steer the ship. They are happy for Trump to take all the prestige and privileges of the office, but not for him to cut into the big business and foreign conflict, the undercurrent of all American affairs, the dealings in death, drugs, oil, and weapons, and control of people through a manipulation of these affairs. If President Trump takes his rogue populism too far, he will suffer the wrath of the same people who took out Kennedy there are some things that are not tolerated by those who are really in charge. And yet, Bill, if you go to the next slide, you see, although much of this is based upon the uh, alleged Russian dossier, there's a general recognition by veterans, intel veterans, that it was a complete fraud. Here, here's an article from Daily Caller. Veteran intelligence officials familiar with Russian disinformation campaigns conclude the Trump dossier released by BuzzFeed earlier this week is fraudulent and its author violated basic standards for intelligence reporting. The Daily Caller News Foundation investigative group has learned the dossier purports to provide secret information about President-elect Donald Trump's links to Russian officials and business interests, as well as his sexual proclivities. The 35-page document reportedly was written by Christopher Steele, a former British MI6 officer who, who owns the London-based Orbis Business Intelligence Limited opposition research firm. A fusion GPS, a similar firm in Washington, D.C., reportedly retained Orbis to write the document. Fusion GPS was founded by former Wall Street Journal reporter Glenn Simpson. Steele reportedly has gone into hiding since BuzzFeed published the dossier. But multiple intelligence community sources interviewed said the dossier is almost certainly a clumsily created fake. And if you look at the next slide, Bill, you'll see where even the, uh, one of our nation's leading investigative journalists, Bob Woodward, has concluded the Russian dossier is a garbage document. On Fox News Sunday with Chris Wallace, Bob Woodward called the Russian dossier and Donald Trump a garbage document and said the heads of the intel agencies who briefed about it should apologize because it's a fake. Now, and indeed, we have a very thorough dissection of how we know it's a fake, Bob, in the, in the, in Bill, in the very next slide because 4chan, which was its original source, claims to have fabricated the anti-Trump report as a hoax from Zero Hedge. 
in a story that's getting more surreal by the minute, a post on 4chan now claims that the infamous golden shower scene in the unverified 35-page dossier allegedly compiled by a British intelligence officer was a hoax and fabricated by a member of the chat board as fan fiction, then sent to Rick Wilson, who proceeded to send it to the CIA, which then put it in their official classified intelligence report on the election. Get this, Bill? From the editor, let's recap what happened. Paul X mailed fan fiction to anti-Trump pundit Rick Wilson about Trump making people pee on a bed Obama had slept in. He thought it was real, that's Rick Wilson, and gave it to the CIA. The Central Intelligence Agency of the United States of America put this in their official classified intelligence report on Russian involvement in the election. Donald Trump and Barack Obama have both read it, the CIA has concluded that the Russians plan to blackmail Trump with this story we made up. Just let that think in. What have we become? Bill, it's simply astonishing what the intelligence agencies are trying to pull off here with a smear based upon a completely fabricated document. Now, if it's uh, the CIA, does that mean that Bradley Saudi did it? Uh, no, it appears to have originated with some some member of the chat board here for 4chan, but that but that Brennan used it. In other words, Brennan promoted it. He, he does not have created it. No, no, but he used it, though, once it got arrived in his desk. But he used it. That's exactly right. C, CNN, CNN and the CIA uh, and the Obama administration have made much of this piece of complete garbage. I mean, it's unbelievable, Bill. Now, to see what how serious the situation we're in has become, check out slide seven. Yes, this is Paul Craig Roberts, our nation's leading public intellectual. If Trump intends to survive, he must break the CIA into a thousand pieces, as President John F. Kennedy intended uh, before the CIA assassinated him. Trump must uh, arrest for treason the neoconservatives and put them on trial. Trump must curtail NSA spying which is in complete violation of the U.S. Constitution on all communications of all Americans. Trump's oath of office is to the Constitution, not to war on the American public. If you turn to the next slide, you'll see where Glenn Greenwald and Tucker Carlson had a conversation on Sunday about this, where they agreed that the number one foreign policy priority of the CIA over the last four to five years has been the proxy war they've been waging in Syria to remove Bashir al-Assad, and that Hillary Clinton was quite critical of Obama for constraining them. She wanted to escalate the wars, unleash the CIA to impose a no-fly zone in Syria to confront Russia, whereas Trump took the exact opposite position. He said, we have no business in Syria trying to change a government. We should let the Russians and Assad go free and, and, and take out ISIS and Al-Qaeda, whoever else they want to kill. He, uh, Trump, is therefore a threat to the CIA's primary institutional priority of regime change in Syria. Beyond that, Clinton wants a much more confrontational and belligerent posture toward Moscow, which the CIA has been acrimonious with for decades, whereas Trump wants better relations. They view Trump as a threat to their institutional preeminence and to their ability to get their agenda imposed on Washington. What you're seeing is actually quite a dangerous. There really is, at this point, obvious open warfare between this unelected but very powerful faction of the CIA that resides in Washington and sees presidents come and go on the one hand, 
and the person that the American democratically elected to be president of the United States on the other. There's clearly extreme conflict and subversion taking place. In a fascinating story on Russia insider bill in the next slide, they have observed that Donald Trump will ruthlessly decimate the CIA for turning on him. NBC and CIA have exceeded all bounds in their attacks on Donald Trump and the Americans who freely elected him their president. They clearly have no idea who they are dealing with. I think it's also true, however, as the next slide shows, that most Americans have no idea who this guy who's the director of the CIA. As Wayne Madsen, one of our nation's leading investigative journalists, has reported, there's a reason why CIA Director John Brennan has done everything possible to interfere with President-elect Donald Trump taking the reins of the presidency on January 20th. As a mole for the Saudi royal family and a convert to Wahhabist Islam, Brennan has no desire to see certain individuals, well aware of his Islamist beliefs, ascend to positions of power in the U.S. intel community. The greatest threat to Brennan comes from retired Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, tapped by Trump to be his national security advisor. In 2014, Bill, Flynn was fired as director of the Defense Intelligence Agency, DIA, by President Obama. Obama was advised by Brennan to dump Flynn because Flynn was producing intelligence policy documents showing it was a mistake and against U.S. security interests to support Syrian jihadists who are trying to topple Syrian President Assad. For Brendan Saudi and Wahhabist controllers, that was tantamount to blasphemy. And if you look at the next, you see CNN and BuzzFeed are moving forward. I mean, this makes them very obvious propaganda CIA assets, without any doubt, planning to release damaging new Trump tape 48 hours before the inauguration. These are outtakes from The Apprentice that allegedly showed the president-elect using the N-word. I mean, Bill, this is just disgusting and disgraceful and demonstrate this really is an all-out effort to delegitimize the administration of Donald Trump before the man has even been inaugurated. Yeah, it's pretty serious. Just to see how serious, take a look at the next slide, Bill. We, CIA coup, we got an ex-spook a guy named uh, Schindler, uh, saying Langley taking traitor Trump out now. Former spook John Schindler pronounced on Twitter Thursday night that the CIA is trying to take out President-elect Donald Trump before he is sworn in as president next Friday. Schindler has long accused Trump of being a Russian stooge. His bio for his column reads, John Schindler is a security expert and former NSA analyst and counterintelligence officer a specialist in espionage and terrorism. He's also been a Navy officer and a War College professor. He's published four books and is on Twitter at 20 committees. Schindler made his comments about the CIA in reaction to a report by Washington Post columnist David Ignatius that an Obama administration official had told him Lieutenant Flynn, Lieutenant General Flynn had made calls to Russia's U.S. ambassador the day that Barack Obama imposed sanctions on Russia for allegedly interfering in the presidential election to benefit Trump. But we know, Bill, there was no Russian intervention. There was no hacking. It was instead a leak. And we even know the process by which it happened. Seth Rich, who was the IT guy for the DNC, became disillusioned of all the sabotage efforts they were conducting against Bernie Sanders' campaign. He decided to make them public, and as his intermediary, Craig Murray, 
who's a former intelligence analyst himself, a former UK ambassador to Uzbekistan and a head of a college, transmitted them to Julian Assange. Both Murray and Assange, without being willing to be more specific about their sources, have denied that Russia had anything to do with it. And indeed, Russia had nothing to do with it. We know, of course, that our election system, the voting machines, couldn't have been hacked because they're not even connected to the Internet. That would require internal adjustments to the mechanisms and programs, which are, of course, not impossible, but they're not being done by, by remote control. Uh, here is the, what I'm worried about is the target. This is the location for the inauguration right in front of the Capitol building. And where uh, the, what troubles me very profoundly is the next story, to wit that Obama seems to be paving the way for the assassination of Donald Trump by relieving the, the commanding general in charge of the District of Columbia National Guard, who will have around 5,000 troops under his command providing security, will leave at 12.01 p.m. Friday. That's just one minute after noon, right at the time the inauguration would be taking place. I'm very upset about this bill because it reminds me of Sheriff Bill Decker, in Dallas, who ran the county with an iron hand, who ordered his deputy sheriffs that their security for the Kennedy motorcade ended at the intersection of Houston and Elm Street, where the motorcade turned from Houston onto Elm and into the kill zone. He told them they had no security responsibility. This appears to be a temporal variation where Obama is relieving the general just at the time when his resources, his security, is most needed. I regard that as a, an act of treason by Obama, and it suggests to me he's deeply involved in a plot to deny Donald Trump the presidency. Bear in mind, the, the, the CIA wanting to remove the traitor Donald Trump cannot do that politically. Donald Trump has already been confirmed as the President of the United States, certified by the Congress. The only way they could do that is physically, literally taking him out. If you look at the next slide, there are other indications that something very bad may happen here. Activists are hoping to turn Donald Trump's inauguration into one of the biggest riots in U.S. history. There are multiple groups involved. We have a brainless remark from Rosie O'Donnell. I fully support imposing martial law delaying the inauguration until Trump is cleared of all charges. That plants the idea of martial law, because if Trump were taken out, if there were a, a catastrophe to befall the inauguration, then undoubtedly uh, the president of the United States would impose martial law and you know continue in office under those circumstances. We've had a covert warning that the, from the mainstream media claiming Trump plans to restructure, cut back the CIA. I don't doubt that that is true, but the fact is that the scenario that bothers me the most is shown in slide 17, uh, Bill. Uh, I, I have been a fan of the show Designated Survivor this year. It, it ceased uh, broadcasting on 14 December, which bothers me too. It's about a low member or ranking member of the cabinet who's left in a remote location when a State of the Union address is being prepared so that if something catastrophic were to occur, he would be the designated survivor to continue the administration as the new president. In fact, the State of the Union is nuked and he goes on to become the president. Well, this is the scenario that bothers me the very most, that they could be setting up 
to, to actually nuke the Avad. And I know you have thoughts about this, Bill, which I'm very glad to hear from you about right at right now. Well, the first thing is that uh, uh, I was involved with Operation Up Off in Dark Winter in 1997 with Reserve Admiral Hughes and the CDC and the FBI. And I think it's extremely unlikely if they have any reasonable security, they're going to be checking for nukes with radiation detectors and also torsion field imaging. Um, try something like a remote long distance uh, uh, you know, sniper shot because uh, if they truncate or cap cap decapitate the entire government with a nuke, uh, it's a much bigger crisis that would involve both parties. And uh, I think that's unlikely. I think that they, their idea that they impose martial law is a delusional one because most of the military and police will side with the public and, it, and it'll turn on them. Which means we'll actually go in and arrest the CIA and these other directors and these other people, and it'll be a pretty bloody revolution. But they, ultimately, the public will will win. Now, unfortunately, it's likely that America, because of this crisis, will break up into a bunch of sub republics. That America won't survive this catastrophe. Uh, I don't think this is likely to happen. I think that what's more what's more likely going to happen is they're going to try to just put in a big fuss. For example, the left historically has been a shield for globalism, but it's very ineffective at actually carrying things out. And I know they did a assassination on uh, John F. Kennedy, and they did 9-11, which was an inside job, and they did Oklahoma City. But um, I think that the preparation to do something like with a large explosion there <coughs> would have unexpected that the globalists would not, not anticipate. Uh, such as the military and police siding with the public and with a mass arrest of the people involved. So um, if, they're, if they're considering this or listening to this video, they should reconsider because it's very probable that they will have a very short half-life, more likely like a piece of raw meat thrown among Rottweilers, that these CIA operatives and agents who might be full of hubris may find that they have a very short end. They may not live very long. And uh, the Excellent. and the police and, and the military and the other people involved will turn on them like wild dogs, and their their, their flesh will be literally ripped off their bones. So I think that if they, if they think that this is going to work, the only thing that might be possible is a long distance kill shot from a sniper at a distance. They should have Kevlar between Donald Trump and any public at any time, and he should always have an escape route if they start shooting. But I don't believe that he should have an open uh, uh, ability for a non-Kevlar or non, like a Popemobile type thing at any public time now. I think that considering the amount of controversy with the alt-left and the globalists and now the intel agencies, I don't think he should show up in public without a Popemobile or a bullet-stopping technology around him. Uh, he wears body right. level 3 body armor, mm -hmm. and I tried to talk to Roger Stone about this a, a couple months ago, wouldn't discuss it because he apparently is discussing this, but Donald is, is full of a lot of hubris and he wears level three body armor and he has very top quality uh, people that, around him. But if you have a very good quality sniper at even a mile distance with a high velocity uh, gun, you wouldn't even know what's happening until Donald Trump is dead. So, uh, you know, that's far more likely, I think, than the idea of a nuclear decapitation. I think. Uh, that if they did do that, they would find also numbered would continue, the cabinet would continue, and the public, uh, including 
myself and many other people would be totally prepared to deal in a legal and a violent way against any attempt to set up martial law against the public. So um, I think they'd be very shocked by what will happen and it would be very bad for the powers that be to think they can get away with this. Uh, most of us people in the alternative media know it's not a conspiracy theory that 9-11 was an inside job or Oklahoma City. I got fired in death threats from actually knowing that that happened. And I know that everything right back to Columbine is a false flag. Uh, there's many of these things put out there and even when they get agents, uh, they're willing agents or useful agents, useful idiots, to do terrorism, it's usually managed in one way by these agencies. So, uh, you know, they're, they're caught repeatedly and the public is becoming aware that they can't trust the regular media since this election cycle. Um, even among Fox News, the only ones that I trust are Hannity, uh, Jeanette Pirro, the judge, uh, Maria Bartolomeo, and Tucker Carlson. I'm not really sure all the time about O'Reilly and everybody else on the media, I think is pretty useless. And all of their major media outlets, basically, now that they're going to move the media out of the White House to a larger facility, you'll see bloggers and town hall meetings and other people. And they're going to shut out people like uh, uh, Acton, this idiot who yelled at the president that wanting to get an answer because of our agency's being attacked. He had no right to repeat his questions once he was told to be silent. And they should have actually physically removed him from the room, uh, if necessary, with uh, a little bit of physical uh, aggressiveness. And he should not have been allowed back in the room, either at this point or in the future, from his behavior. And I think once we start seeing that kind of movement uh, with the press in terms of, of Trump, which is why he's going to continue twi uh, doing Twitter, I think it's extremely unlikely. Uh, you know, I think what will happen once uh, Mr and the CIA and others of his, I call titans of, uh, of his cabinet, are in power, they're going to gut these intel agencies like a, like a fresh fish. And uh, if these characters think they're going to get away with this, there's going to be a sea change that has never been seen in American or even foreign politics. They're going to be gut like a, like a, like a fresh fish, and all these characters are going to be cherry-picked. And the good agents inside, because there's lots of good agents, like in continuing in the investigation of the FBI, the good agents are going to continue going after the Clinton Foundation. You're going to see a an agency that the president can trust, because he's going to remove all the bad agents, and most of them are either going to be imprisoned or executed, under uh, various uh, various legal precedents for the kind of behavior they've had, which violates federal law and 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 the legal standard is they uh, will be executed they won't just go to prison so they need to understand that they should be very fearful of pulling anything off but you know Brennan is full of a little more hubris than he, than he deserves credit for and he thinks he's going to be covered somehow he's an idiot and you can see that from his behavior that anybody from the West that be that converts to Wahhabism it has to be deranged. There's got to be something really wrong with him. Well, I agree with all that, Bill. Excellent yeah. comment. Anybody that, that does a, that. I mean, and you can see someone raised but, in that culture, but a foreigner raised outside that culture to become a Wahhabist, even among Muslims, is extreme. It's like the drug addict, what's but, her name, uh, that from Hollywood, she's repeatedly in drug rehab, and now she's decided to convert to Islam, and she lives in Qatar. Uh, uh, she used to be on Disney shows. 
and I'm thinking, you know, Britney, Britney Spears. Uh, no, not Britney Spears. I'm referring to the other one that was always in and out of rehab, drug rehab. <clears throat> well, and when you see someone like this, I know as a as a toxicologist and a person dealing with drug addicts and, and with industry and so on, these are mentally deranged, deficient, and weak people. So someone like Brennan, who tries to feign strength, is actually a very weak person who has a character structure problem and uh, doesn't have the rationality to know when he's putting himself in more danger than he really should reasonably do. And he's an idiot who's going to get himself smacked down if he tries to pull anything off. Well, to continue the Russian theme, they pulled off a stunt in the House of Representatives reflected by slide number 19. Whereas California Democrat Maxine Water was speaking, the feed suddenly cut from the House floor to a broadcast of RT, formerly Russia Today. I, this was just an effort to suggest the Russians are hacking into our stuff all the time. This was clearly done by the CIA. Of that, I literally hacked into an RRT feed to to do this to make it seem like somehow the Russians and RT were hacking in to overcome her speech, right? And of course, Maxine Waters known as being a an uber-progressive Democrat tool of globalism. Because remember, these people on the left don't really advance their their agenda by being part of globalism. They're just used as useful idiots by the globalists. Well, as the next slide shows, we've had a new revelation that in addition to the two Hillary body doubles I previously identified, one of whom looked a great deal like Meg Ryan, shorter than Hillary, much lighter than Hillary, younger than Hillary, agile, lean, very pleasant, unlike Hillary, uh, outside of Chelsea's building, the Meg Ryan double, another on the flight to Greensboro, taller, thinner, more sloping forehead, different nose, missing the two moles Hillary has at the right corner of her right. mole, above and below. Referring to this fake, they have a thir this fake lady that's uh, here doesn't have those physical characteristics. And you mentioned also a ratio that we're going to get into in the next slide, I think. That's right. This is by far the best uh, of the doubles that we've seen from Hillary, who even participated in the debates. Look at her with uh, Bernie Sanders. It turns out there's a very interesting ratio between the distance between your eyes and between the, the line connecting your eyes and the, the bottom of your upper teeth where Hillary Clinton has this eye-teeth ratio of 1.12, but that her double in this instance has a ratio of 1.06, which made it possible to identify her. Though once you take a closer look, you see other differences all mentioned. If you go to slide 22, this is when we had uh, the discovery of the first uh, Meg Ryan double coming out. A very, very different than Hillary. Notice Hillary's girth, her thickness, the size of her hips and so forth, because in slide 23, you can see that there's not only this uh, eye teeth uh, coordination difference, but the difference in body mass is considerable. Look at Hillary's legs there and her thighs and so forth, very, very different. There were obvious political motors behind this. If you look at slide number 24, far nicer to have a slender, more youthful, attractive Hillary than the woman she has become in her old age. Would you not agree, Bill? Oh, yeah. It's just astonishing to me how they even had a third double they put across frame, frame, you know, deceiving the American public. My belief is she ought to have been disqualified as a candidate when she used the first body double as a form of deception. 
If you go to slide number 26, we learn the Inspector General is going to review the Department of Justice and FBI handling of the Clinton case. Now, I believe this is motivated by supporters of Hillary who, who believe what she said about it and that Comey abused his position to harm her. And they're going to discover rapidly that actually he was using abusing his position to help her. Right. If you go to slide number 27, we, they're going to find rapidly that U.S. Intel community agencies determined that 81 email chains, which FBI investigation determined were transmitted and stored on Hillary's unclassified personal server, contain classified information ranging from confidential to soft secret special access program level between 2009 and 2013 when Hillary was the Secretary of State and Obama, of course, the President, top, uh, special access programs are the highest level. In addition to her troubles, uh, Bill, as slide number 28 reflects, there are anxieties at the Clinton Foundation. It looks as though there are lots of financial problems. It's going to undergo a thorough audit and review, and it appears to be on the way. Just as slide 28 reflects, a global Clinton Global Initiative is being shut down. They've laid off 22 as donations have dried up. Hillary is no longer in the position to give play for pay, so it doesn't work out to give her money for things she can't promise and bring about. Slide number 30 reflects that she has even admitted that the U.S. created ISIS to defeat Russia really to bring additional pressure on Russia through the Middle East by allowing ISIS to grow. I've, of course, published about this fairly extensively, an article entitled, How We Know ISIS Was Made in the USA. Right, and even, uh, even Erdogan's uh, made that statement, and he actually said it lot, twice, last week and this week, we have photographic and video evidence. So he's not just playing games here or using rhetoric. Uh, we talk about Erdogan of Turkey, who's Muslim, is stating that America is ISIS and ISIL, period. You're absolutely correct, Bill. And as the next slide, number 31, shows here, John Rappaport raises the question, Russian agent? Who gave U.S. uranium to Putin, Trump or Hillary? Putin controls 20% of U.S. uranium production. That fact is established. But how did it happen? Now that we know Trump is a hardcore Russian agent who has been undermining American America on behalf of his secret twin brother, Vladimir Putin, it stands to reason Trump was the one who gave 20% of U.S. uranium to the Rusky leader, right? I mean, why wouldn't he? All that uranium was up for grabs. It was there, and Trump somehow engineered the deal. I'm shocked Washington Post and its CIA pals haven't reported the story by now. Anyone who passed that much uranium for our eternal enemy, Russia, would have to be a secret agent working undercover for the Kremlin. No doubt about well, it. Therefore, well, there's a Trump... Oh, wait a minute. My mistake. Oops, the Clintons were instrumental in making the uranium well, yeah. deal. Now, you know the why, Not Trump. You know the reason why the Clintons got it? Because they made a deal that someday the Russians would give it back in the form of nuclear weapons. Well, that's bizarre. Why would the Russian make nukes and give them back, the, the, back to the United States to, unless to, you mean to deliver to them? To deliver them as nuclear weapons to destroy our cities. Because we make it so well, impossible as we're threatening to nuke them that they nuke us so it's mutual assured destruction. And using our own uh, uranium to Nothing do Nothing more devilish. Slide number Amazingly 30. devilish. Slide number 32 reflects another complication confronting Hillary where Chelsea Clinton brought in Eric Braverman to go through the Clinton Foundation and clean it up, but Eric Braverman is now missing 
for many months, and I think it's going to turn out that he's been added to the Hillary Clinton kill list. Yeah, so he's, he's, so, he's uh, you know the term I've invented for that? It's not murder, mm. it's all foster side. From Vince Foster. Foster side? From Vince Foster. Oh, you mean for Vince Foster? Yeah, Vince Foster. And by the way, Vince Foster was trying out for Cirque du Soleil because he could do acrobatics like no other human on earth. Well, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> Acrobatics. Acrobatics. Yeah. Now we have it. The Hollywood contribution to the profit campaign goes on unblemished. We now have a new movie called Patriots Day, uh, uh, talking about a tragedy on April 15, 2013, when two bombs explode during the Boston Marathon. In the aftermath of the attack, Lee Sergeant Tommy Saunders, Mark Wahlberg, Special FBI Agent Richard Delores, Kevin Bacon, and Commissioner Ed Davis, John Goodman. Join courageous survivors, first responders, in order to solve the case. But what they leave out here, you're not going to see in the movie, are points like the following, slide number 35. We have video where you can hear the police on bullhorns in the background calling out, this is a drill, this is a drill. And we have participants in the marathon who report that the police were explaining this was a drill and had bomb-sniffing dogs. Slide number 36. The Boston Globe was tweeting that a demonstration bomb would be set off during the marathon for the benefit of bomb squad activity. And another tweet that a bomb would be set off in one minute in front of the library and one minute later in front of the Boston Public Library, an explosion takes place. If you go to slide number 37, you see some smoke residue from it, but as a former artillery officer in the Marine Corps bill, I can attest that these bombs were puff bombs. They weren't powerful enough to kill anyone. And when you look through the smoke, while it's true that there are bodies lying there with missing arms and legs, there is no blood. Uh, that's, that's uh, a, as, a Lorraine, as a trauma doctor, I can tell you that's unlikely. Uh, uh, it's unlikely if, if someone has a leg amputation traumatically from a car accident or a bomb uh, or industrial accident the amount of blood is mind-boggling I've literally in the trauma room taken off all my greens from one patient who just got one laceration of their upper extremity and there's so much blood there's your literally your clothes of like a 20 pounds of extra weight and you drop it on the ground and literally the entire floor the walls everything is covered it's amazing. Well, what's interesting about this particular scenario, where, where Dr. Lorraine Day, who is the head of trauma surgery at San Francisco General Hospital for 25 years, has observed it's impossible to have limbs blown off by explosives and there to be no blood. You can see there's a fellow in a hoodie assisting the patient lying on the ground. Uh, helping to attach a false bone prosthesis intended to make look, the event look even more horrific. Uh, he would, had he suffered real injuries, been unconscious in one minute, dead in two from the bleed oh, out. Yeah. Instead, instead, they actually put him in a wheelchair, which is the wrong thing to do. And when they move him off, uh, the, the vibrations cause the bone prosthesis to come loose and they have to stop and reattach. Yeah, you put him in a wheelchair, you, at, you put him in a wheelchair with the uh, off him down and you're going to bleed faster and go into a cardiogenic shock immediately. Exactly. So they <coughs> violated <coughs> standard medical procedure for a case of this. Yeah, and what, you, remarkable here and what you'd have is, is, is you'd have direct pressure on the wound and you try to do a cauterizing agent or a cauterizing catheter on the area. Sure, put them down, you'd be them flat on a gurney and you'd have someone literally probably pressing on the wound to prevent them from bleeding out while they're being transported to the ambulance.
Well, what's remarkable about this case is that the alternative media cracked it already the day of the event by discovering that the Kraft International, a private army like Blackwater, personnel had been responsible. Here they are in khaki trousers, black jackets, black baseball caps, where the, the, with a skull insignia where the motto, motto of Kraft is violence does solve problems. If you go to the next slide, we even have photos uh, of Kraft personnel carrying a black nylon backpack with a white square to the location of one of the explosions where the bomb was in a black nylon backpack with a white square and then rushing away no longer carrying the black nylon backpack with a white square. In slide number 40, you see, however, that the Saranov brothers were not carrying black nylon backpacks and therefore could not have been responsible. And what's fascinating is this is photoshopped imagery of them being there. If you look on the right, you see an image of Tamerlan. This is from the trailer for the film, where you see he's clean shaven. His aunt contacted me and told me that the images of the boys at the marathon had been photoshopped. And I asked how she knew, and she said because Tamerlan had a beard, but he's shown clean shaven. I asked if she could prove it, and she sent me photographs of Tamerlan lying in bed with his cat. He has a beard. Of the two of them working out in a gym shortly before the marathon, he has a beard. Uh, he was called by a friend who was relieved the day of the event, who was relieved to discover he'd been nowhere in the vicinity. They had dinner together that night. He had a beard. In the search for them, surveillance cameras from a convenience store showed Zoker inside, Tamerlan out. He had a beard. When he was arrested by the police, stripped naked and put into a police car, he had a beard. And when his body shows up with a huge gas in the side, he has a beard. Now, the claim is made that Joker is supposed to have killed his brother by running it over him with an SUV. But that's absurd because he died after he was taken into custody by the police. And we have a witness who reported watching the police drive over him three times in a black SUV, which would have been Tamerlan's own vehicle. This whole thing was a charade. The police knew it was a charade. The, the Boston Globe knew it was a charade. The judge and jury, the judge and the prosecutor and the defense counsel knew it was a charade. This was a Stalinist show trial to support a, a fabricated event. Bill. Yeah, you know, this kind of behavior, when you look at nations like Russia and like even Germany, who went through the Second World War and, uh, you know, and all the various things of the uh, spitz knots and the issues of what happened in Russia, uh, this must freak out these countries that are supposedly stigmatized, they're so corrupt that they're going to create these kind of show events, literally they kill their own people. It must freak them out to realize that America that holds itself out as a constitutional democracy will do worse than them. Yeah, it's ridiculous. In fact, one of the fascinating aspects is there turned out to be three different Jeff Baumans. The one who's shown there having the false leg attachment is actually Nick Voigt, who was an Afghan vet who had his legs blown off and lost the, uh, the digit, the, the little finger on his left hand in Afghanistan, which is how we could identify this, this him. This guy here. But there was a, this guy here, right? But there was... Is that the guy you're talking Yeah. But, but there was... But he shows up at a Boston Bruins game uh, 17 days later, which is much too fast uh, for recovery. Uh, I talked with Dr. Stan Monteith, an orthopedic surgeon who performed these operations, who said it would take three months just to recover from the amputation, another three to figure out how to get around without your legs. Right, and actually, and, yeah, three months to recover, 
three more months to get used to the prosthesis so that you can actually uh, bear weight and move around. 17 days later, nevertheless, he's at a Boston Bruin game and he has all of his digits miraculously. Now his legs are missing above the knee instead of below and he's waving a Boston Bruin flag. But yet there turns out to be a third Jeff Bauman, Gary King, with whom I collaborate on JFK Research, discovered that at a, at a baseball game, he was brought out in a wheelchair uh, by a fellow who had been identified as an actor by a Hollywood producer. Uh, and now he has no legs at all. So there are actually three different players of Jeff Bauman. You can find more on the Boston bombing online if you go to the Real Deal special must-see Boston bombing update and Boston Strong, the three Jeff Baumans. They leave no doubt about it. When we turn to international affairs here, you see in this slide, uh, Senator John McCain and, and Lindsey Graham planning to impose new sanctions on Russia for hacking that did not take place. If you go to slide 43, you find that Obama seems to be wanting to provoke a war with Russia to ensure that there cannot be a, a working out of cordial relations, a detente in the Trump administration. Slide 44. Yeah, that looks a lot more likely uh, with when you put in special forces, I think about 400 in Lithuania on the Kaliningrad border, when you put in 2,500 plus tanks uh, through into Poland on the Polish-Russian border, uh, it must make the Russian generals completely freak out, wondering what the heck's going to happen next. That's completely ridiculous. As this slide 44 shows, he sent 3,600 tanks against Russia, massive deployment. Sword 45 shows the route they took from one boat out of three. They had 36 trains to transport the whole to Poland, more than 1,000 train carriages in total. Thank you, taxpayer. My wife is Polish. I mean, this is just outrageous. And here, if you see the next slide, 46, this is Scott Bennett, a former uh, U.S. Army intel and psyops officer, commenting on an attack on a Damascus airport by Israel, which appears to be another attempt to provoke Russia into taking some military stance that could then be used to uh, declare war on Russia by the Obama administration. Right. But its time is running out, Bill. Yeah, they don't have enough time to actually do it. And I think uh, the Israel, with the deployment of the S-400 anti-aircraft systems on uh, the Indian border with Israel, Israel would be toast in a matter of minutes, not hours. So uh, Israel was pushing it, but they realized they can't push the envelope any further with Russia or before Obama, who never acts anyway, and Donald Trump definitely will act, but certainly do the reverse or its opposite that any movements by Israel to provoke a war or a proxy war for the globalists will end up with Israel disappearing as a state. Just a few stories. Uh, to, by way of conclusion, Pizzagate is going worldwide. This is an interview I did with Richie Allen, who has a broadcast out of London that goes all over Europe and indeed worldwide. In addition, slide number 49, we have uh, Eugene Cernan, the last man who's supposed to have set foot on the moon, has passed away. But the whole moon landing hoax is a complete uh, deception. If you look at slide number 50, I have a whole book on it. And I suppose we didn't go to the moon either, which anyone can obtain at Moonrock Books. And more recently, and you can find this right online, I did a real deal interview with Dennis Camino about the moon landing hoax, where he and I reviewed technical studies that demonstrate the propulsion and computing systems 
NASA alleges were used for the Apollo missions to the moon were entirely inadequate for their purported purpose, demonstrating conclusively that man did not land on the moon during those space missions because, one, NASA did not have the propulsion capacity to launch a spaceship beyond low Earth orbit, and two, NASA did not have the computing power that would have been necessary where their designs proved their computers were non-functional. They weren't even operational, Bill. It's a complete scam. Two final stories about what we can expect the day after tomorrow. Wow. Anarchists are planning to target balls events and Trump supporter all over Washington, D.C. during the inauguration work to make it most unpleasant. And finally, this is a late report that just came in today. No, you should have the last video, Bill. Yeah, yeah let me try to get that I mean, the, last the, slide, yeah. The last, very last slide. No, uh, yeah. no, I don't see it there. I'll go ahead and talk about it. Uh, James Flynn's Project Veritas investigation uncovered a group known as the D.C. Anti-Fascist Coalition. Is that Planning is that good to there? disrupt president. No, no, that's it. It's a, you don't have it, Bill. It's okay. Insurgency inauguration by deploying butyric acid at the National Press oh, Club yeah. during the deplorable event scheduled for January 19th. The meeting captured on hidden cameras was held at Key Comet Ping Pong, a DC pizza restaurant, better known as the center of the Pizzagate controversy. The coalition members discussing the steps they would need to take to halt the deplorable event. Project Veritas notified the FBI, Secret Service, and D.C. Metro Police of the content of this video prior to its release. And here you actually see Scott Green talking. And this stuff is very efficient. It's very, very smelly. Lasts a long time. And a little of it goes a long way. In other words, they're plotting a terrorist event to attack those who want to celebrate the inauguration of Donald Trump. This is a complete disgrace, Bill. Yeah. You know, I want to make an interesting comment about the uh, the issue of the moon. <clears throat> the uh, first day that I spent as a doctor with security clearance at U.S. Space Command, Shriver Air Force Base, the director of Space Command, uh, this is about two miles underground at the underground facility, said, uh, this is a come to Jesus talk. Everything straight up. Uh, he said, number one, uh, we control every cubic centimeter of space between here and Mars. Now, I agree with you that the space program that they presented to us is a total scam, as the technology couldn't have actually done what they said they did. What I was told is that we were actually on the moon five years before the so-called Eagle landed. We've had a colony and uh, operations on Mars since 1982 and found ancient monuments that were human. That, in fact, the technology we have is far more advanced than what they tell you the actual space shuttle that we took out of service during the Obama administration was conceived and designed in 1933 by the uh, German scientists and is old technology that basically couldn't go anything further than out of near Earth orbit. So uh, you're absolutely correct. What's going on, for example, the Chinese five years ago realized that there's a total scam here, knew that, that, that there was a mining operation of helium-3 on the moon for tokamak fusion reactors uh, and uh, actually said publicly they assigned 3,500 scientists in the public media to actually, with their space moon, to set up their uh, operations there to mine helium-3 for fusion mm -hmm. reactors and to continue with a real space program, not the phony one that America's put forward. So uh, right from the very beginning, none of our space program is real. It's all a lie. And what was really going on is completely different with different technology than uh, than they do than they support and show publicly, and America. Bill, I hope you'll 
I hope you'll forgive my skepticism about the the reason why I say that. The reason why I say that, even if it's all skeptical, this is the line that the Space Command people gave me. So, right. so what I'm trying to tell you is that's the line they gave me. And they also were monitoring nearer space objects like meteors and comets, and they're only picking up about 4% of them, like the one that just passed Earth a week ago, that was the size of an 11, a 10-story building. So um, what we have is style space-based weapon systems that can actually be turned toward Earth. Most of them are so-called aimed out in space for nearer space objects. That one that passed, actually, they only knew two days before it passed the Earth. And the one that Bill, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for featuring me. I I, I, I have my own show right yeah. now. I want you to go listen. Yeah, but I want to mention that because there's multiple stories out there. Most of them are disinformation, but you're quite right about the technology. Uh, the space program that they put out is BS back in the 60s and 70s. Well, Bill, always a pleasure, Mike. I appreciate it. Thank you. And I'll have this posted up on uh, live stream immediately, uh, YouTube, Vimeo and uh, Deagle Network, which will broadcast it on through the RSS networks and video worldwide. So hopefully uh, Super, people will get the word. Let, let us hope, and let us hope we don't have serious problems at the inauguration. Well, I think the fact that we're bringing out these questions in advance of them is probably one of the best uh, insurances against an event happening and also warning the other side that don't try this. The consequences will be grisly and easy roll. Thanks, Bill. I agree completely. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks Take care. Again.